And welcome back to Lost in Postulation. Oh. Wow. You like that name? I do like that name. Newly christened. It's that a is, big day, Neil. Yeah, this was huge. And this has been one of the sticking points of our podcast journey so far. We didn't have a name all this time. We had a many, many potential names. And nothing really ever felt right. No. But then it was this week where you know, the stars aligned and uh, thesaurus.com came through in the clutch. <laughs> and, it uh, was... Uh... Special it, moment. I'm delighted with it. Well, like, and I don't want to over commit to it now, just in case the listener feedback is tremendously negative. Right. But I do. I have some. I'm happy with it. So I'm. I'm. I'm going to get into that. But first, let's welcome you, Nicola Volpe, to the show. It's great to be here. It's great to be back. Now this is our our third recording. The first one uh, where we're recording live with an actual name. So uh, progress. It feels significant i must say and i have to say i'm not even i'm not just saying it like we've gotten some nice feedback like uh we're showing it to obviously friends and family a we're loyal not, fan base we're not so. showing it to strangers at this point uh but i do think that our friends at least i can speak on my behalf if they hated it they would be like this sucks like please right. stop but that's not the case they're like this is i would listen to this this is cool so um thank you so far to the listeners and please keep the feedback coming as you know and as we've probably said to you this is a work in progress we're you know figuring out as we go but i do think we're uh, we're off to a nice start absolutely so um tell us a bit about postulation one yeah. do you even know how to spell it uh, i could take a i could take a swing take yeah. a swing right. and i mean there's only one or two danger letters in there you know right, that's true like we both know it's p-o-s-t right yeah exactly now, now. <laughs> <laughs> from there uh we will see right lost that, in post lost in post that's almost just as good but uh so where this came from briefly was just that uh obviously as i said thesaurus.com is your best friend and uh we, from the start, have been kind of orbiting around certain words such as hypotheses or hypothetical or this and that. Mm -hmm. And it all comes from what we like to talk about, which is like, what if, you know, what if this, what if that? Now, the problem is anything along those lines has already about 50 podcasts out there that easily. are called that easily. Yeah. Pick one of those phrases like what if or hypothetical and it's just like scroll, 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 scroll. So uh, what I needed to find, though, was like, What's a word that more accurately than hypothetical captures what it is we're doing, right? And just, I stumbled upon this definition of to postulate or postulation, which I don't have it to hand, but the, de the definition was something along the lines of taking a starting point and using that for all subsequent analysis along a certain topic, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we're doing. It's yeah. just a, a way nicer way of putting it. Now, the one thing I wanted to say here is I'm also fully aware, and we've talked about this, it's a little bit pretentious, right? That, Absolutely. <laughs> so, and it, we're not blind to that. We're not. Yeah. Uh, we're not uh, unaware, right? But I think, on balance, it's worth being pretentious here because uh, there are certain people. I think that as soon as they see this name, they're like, "This is not for me." You know, right? It, it, if they're coming to expect pure wall-to-wall banter all the time like a previous name we may have experimented <laughs> with. with yes well they're going to be terribly disappointed i think they're going to be like this is way too uh weird what these is guys this? aren't funny enough exactly huh? and i think the lost part also helps us here where we're we're not saying postulation is is you know is what we're doing we're actually lost in postulation we're like uh in over our heads we're just two guys trying to figure it out you know we're problem solving exactly. if you will we're just trying to keep our heads afloat here right yeah, heads exactly. above water <laughs> we're so struggling man. i think it's, i think it's good so yeah. self-deprecating a little bit uh booky a little bit pretentious yeah. but uh I think that's that's what we're about, and uh, yeah. yeah. So for all the listeners that uh, don't agree with what Neil has said, well, he came up with the name. He takes full uh, accountability. Oh, yeah. So uh, 
go get them. Wreck me. Just yeah. just make me feel terrible about it, and maybe I'll, <laughs> maybe we'll consider uh, changing. Apparently, it's a lot easier to uh, to tweet bad things on Twitter nowadays. So uh, I'm staying away from Twitter. This yeah. this show will never have a Twitter. I'll tell you that. No, huh? No, or at least not me running it. That's <laughs> mark why. that down. Yeah. Minute four of the podcast. Okay, the show will never have a Twitter. But uh, <laughs> speaking of postulation, just a quick note. It took me back. Actually, I mean, most people won't care about this, but it took me back to my high school trigonometry uh, and geometry class where we would have theorems uh, and you would start with a postulation actually really yes because actually, we that's... never did like as in uh, we we did the same exercise but we didn't have that word attached to it in, in irish it uh, took me back education. years ago shout Jeez. out to jim mcvitie jimmy my very patient uh, mathematics teacher and probably uh, listening probably listening right he, now. he better be i mean he's retired now so uh, he's got all the time in the world why exactly. aren't you listening jimmy exactly of all the things you could do in your retirement exactly. support your students uh, come on yeah. thank you shout out to jim mcvitie so um yes lost in postulation thanks Ooh. for that Thank you. We're going to give it a go. And without further ado, we're going to jump into a very interesting opening segment. Yes, exactly. So uh, upon releasing our our first episode, uh, we actually got uh, got a note from uh, from one of our listeners uh, who uh, paused the podcast after a few minutes and wrote me and said, uh, I'm playing Whamageddon. Are you going to hit me with last Christmas? If so, tell me what minute to skip to. And I'm thinking like, what? Yeah. What's going on? What do you mean? Hit you with last Christmas, and he's playing Whamageddon. Do you know what that is? Now? No. And huh? we, you sent me a link, and I was like, I've never heard of this before. So Whamageddon, essentially, it's a strategy game that you play from the first of December till the twenty fourth slash twenty fifth of December, where your only goal is to go as long as possible, hopefully 24, 25 days, without hearing Last Christmas by Wham. It's amazing. That's how that's that's how you play, right? And it is um, it is a survival game, right? As opposed to a battle royale game. So they don't mm-hmm. encourage you to no. you know send the link to other players, right? That's too easy. But you you have to go all this time uh, without listening uh, to the song. Players all over the world uh, at the moment there uh, there is something like about just under uh, we're recording on the 11th of december there's just under 10,000 survivors uh, globally left exactly uh, so these people have now gone 11 days going into supermarkets shopping malls yeah. whatever watching potentially christmas movies without hearing wham last christmas it's an achievement in and of itself i'm one of those people actually so i was uh, until this week i was an unwilling participant of Armageddon without even knowing as could many of our listeners be and are we going to enact an amnesty so if you're starting now if you're hearing this podcast and you're only just learning about Armageddon because they didn't know like they couldn't have been playing up to now so do we just we let it all go we say okay if you've heard it up to now honesty system is best but like you know no holds no no hard Mm -hmm, feelings and mm -hmm. you start from today I think that's a good for for new listeners for listeners who have never done Armageddon I think that's a good uh it's a good policy. Yeah, I think it's best to check in. They have their own website and everything yeah. uh, with with all the rules, and uh, and you can write to the to wow. the committee and 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 have a look at that. Oh, so the committee's yeah. word is final. You know, like they they decide yeah, ultimately. I think so. You okay. need some order. You need some governance in these things. Yeah, right? well, that's yeah, fair. That's yeah. fair. So obviously, as soon as I heard about this, my mind goes to, okay, so what physical areas have the lowest whams? per minute right mm-hmm. and i feel like okay my home is good right so well because you hate christmas yeah basically. as we yeah. established yeah exactly. we got a lot of responses on that as well by <laughs> yeah, the way. a lot but uh so my home is, is, a, is a low 
uh, WPM uh, place, low, low hams per minute, right? So mm-hmm. that's fine. I can stay here. Now, I haven't done my Christmas shopping, as I also mentioned in the first mm-hmm. episode. And I feel like I, maybe headphones is the way forward. Like, couldn't, can I navigate Christmas shopping with on-air, like, uh, noise-canceling headphones? Because then I think I can do it. Like, I think so I can the, make it. the rule, according to the rule book, is as soon as you recognize the song, you're out. Oh. So... Okay. If you have headphones on while you're in the shopping center and I just they're loud to, enough, yeah. you're probably good. Sweet. I just need to blare some like heavy rock music or metal and just cancel it out. Yeah. And then if anyone asks me a question, just be like, don't know. Sorry. Can't. <laughs> exactly. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I don't work here. I don't work yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> I have no legal reason to talk to you. I think that's that's the friendliest way. It's yeah. the Christmas uh, spirit. Yeah. Earplug is, is another one. It is. But like how many earplugs have you had where they're really like 100% filter out last Christmas? Like, and that they fall out quite easily exactly. as well. I mean, and it only a, takes a second. It takes yeah. one second and you yeah. hear the do yeah. and that's it. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's one. But I mean, you it's not just the shopping mall, right? It can mm. be the supermarket. Yeah. Unless they're playing. Now, here's the kicker. Uh-oh. A cover or a remix. What's that this? doesn't count. Yeah. It has to be the original, yeah, right? I think so, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in a in a in a supermarket uh, which which I won't uh, mention the name of because they should really be ashamed of themselves mm. the mm. other day and they actually had a very cheap cover of the song on. So yeah. I wouldn't have been eliminated from even singing along with that or whatnot. You were just ha- you did have to have the misfortune of hearing it, but right, that was exactly. that's a separate issue. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. but I think it's a it's an amazing game, and it opens the door to a whole new genre of games, which is like real world Hunger Games esque uh, survival horror. Yeah, but I'm uh, I'm playing, so we'll yeah. check in next week and see if I'm still in the game. Yeah, but as of now, I can tell you no no whams so far. Although there's always okay, there is always like a one percent chance that there was a wham that I just didn't register. But I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I haven't heard it so far. Right. And just for the record, I would have been eliminated probably within ten or twelve hours because yeah. we play the Christmas playlist yeah, on you, loop at you home. Seek and it out. Yeah. Unlike you, I'm you know I'm not the Grinch. I'm a bit no, more exactly. festive, so uh, I, I wear yeah. that that badge of honor. You, the, you should, you should. Yeah, Listener yeah. community, they're they're going to come for you. But they you knew that some of them nearly did. But actually, there was one or two people, wasn't there? I, I think more on your side. Someone, someone's like, I'm with Neil on this. Well, I, the one playing Whamageddon yeah, ah, actually yeah. is uh, is a big fan of your work in no. the. You know, in the crusade against Christmas music, we gotta stay. So, clo- we gotta stay close because there's not many of yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. So that's a. But that's I a have community. to reiterate and to, to clarify, I don't hate Christmas and I don't hate Christmas mm. movies, right? And I love right. the whole holiday, the whole thing. It's great. Mm. Just the, the music being there, so omnipresently, so overwhelmingly everywhere, is just what gets me. Yeah, yeah. that's what he wants you to believe, listener. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> take him for for his word there. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, so that's Whamageddon, and then uh, next up we have a, a brilliant segment that uh, that you've re- you've introduced that you're going to bring up, and uh, we'll discuss uh, at length. All right, we are back onto another music topic. So moving a bit away from the film uh, trend of, of late, and staying within our little wheelhouse of kind of pop culture, you know. Whatever we find interesting, basically. So it still no. falls into that uh, that broader the- theme exactly. for us, right? Exactly. So and learning. Exactly. So during the week, we were, uh, as we often do, we send each other links, just of stuff that we find interesting. And, and one I sent you was a, a YouTube video I found, which was the story of Teenage Dirtbag. By Weedus. Absolute banger classic, Weedus, yes. Now, we're going to get into this topic a lot about one-hit wonders. Now, I know that Weedus had two hits, right? They did have 
another song after Teenage Dirtbag called A Little Respect, which it was a cover. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like it did, it, it was also popular. But for argument's sake, for the purposes of this uh, segment here, we're going to say that Teenage Dirtbag was a one-hit wonder, and it basically was. Yeah. I highly recommend the YouTube video. It was a, a little mini documentary which was going into with the actual songwriters and with the members of the band, like where this crazy song came from. From Vice, I think, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, what was shocking to me about it was like, even though it was a global mega hit, it actually never broke through in the US where they're actually from these exactly. guys. Long Island, New York. Exactly. And that in itself had a bit of a weird effect on them because they always felt like, you know, strangers in a strange land. Music to them was still this kind of foreign thing that they did in, number one, Australia, first and foremost, and then Europe, second of all. And then it almost never, like, I'm sure there's a lot of American people who have heard of Teenage Dirtbag, but like, for some reason, that song just didn't connect in the same way where they're actually from. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's actually quite common. Uh, There's there's a few other examples of that, by the way, like um, Scorpions, for example. Uh, That band has only found success internationally right that right. they've they've been like uh, this german uh, lead singer and like yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but there's there's many other examples even uh we've had irish uh, eurovision uh celebs who have more success in their music career overseas mm-hmm. uh, than um than back home in ireland mm-hmm. but uh, anyway long story short teenage dirtbag amazing song amazing story about how it was made absolutely and a really nice uh, youtube video but it led us down the path of thinking one hit wonders and i think that's just a rich vein for uh, for discussion, for postulation, for if postulation, you will. if you will, because there's something fascinating about somebody who's a good enough to break through and become a global superstar because of a song they've written, and b not good enough to capitalize on the same thing that got them there in the first place. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went down that rabbit hole, wondering like, what is the science behind this? Like, what what is the main cause? For somebody to somehow like muddle their way into being massively popular and then just fail at the only other thing you have to do, which is do and do it again with another song, you know, right? At least one more. And it turns out actually that there is some data to uh, to support this particular uh, topic, right? Or at least to help explain a little bit about the topic. And it's actually quite new data. It came out just uh, this year. So back in March, a guy called Justin Berg was published in the uh, Administrative Science Quarterly, which mm-hmm. is uh, apparently a, a very reputable uh, journal, mm-hmm. where he did this massive study of 3 million songs across 60,000 artists, applied his methodology to it to understand what is it, if anything, that determines that a song will be a one-hit wonder mm-hmm. versus like somebody who has an extended long back catalog right. of hits, right? And uh, yeah, I sent it to you, but it's... Uh, it's quite fascinating stuff. What did you think? Did you get a chance to, to yeah, get through Yeah, absolutely. It? So I went through the, the Stanford paper you were talking about, and then I looked more. Derek Thompson from The Atlantic, he's he's delved into this quite a lot. And what, what was really interesting for me was actually that by studying one-hit wonders, you reveal just as much about non-one-hit wonders, oh, yeah. about what it actually takes to sustain the success over time, right? To not just be a one-hit wonder. And that was, for me, the the most uh, the most eye-opening aspect of, of all the data. Absolutely. There's yeah. layers of abstraction you can apply to it because whatever is, it's true, and we'll get into, let's say, what the explanation is or what the study found, but you can apply that same insight to success more broadly popularity more broadly i mean for me there was also this direct correlation to also uh you know startups companies that endure and survive over time versus the ones that you know are a flash in the pan one great product couple of years right it's it's very similar with this dynamic of the one hit wonder turning into 
exactly. a su- sustained success for the artist. Yeah, exactly. So for the the nerdier, the bookier listeners of ours, I think it's worth getting into just like two minutes of you know what's this study actually yeah, looking at and i mean if you're the type of person who uh, doesn't love this particular type of discussion i definitely recommend uh, going for uh, maybe 1.5 1.8 speed maybe if uh, you want 1.8 that's uh, that's, that's pushing yeah. yeah true 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 yeah. but <laughs> let, i think it'll be interesting for everybody right so let's let's see right so the study very basically uh, classified every song algorithmically using Spotify's uh, own uh, classification uh, methods by two factors, which was novelty and variety. Mm-hmm. So it looked at all of these 3 million songs and each of them had a score as to its novelty and its variety. So the novelty was determined by, it was compared to the last hits of the 12 months prior to that song being released and then compared on very straightforward, like, uh, scientific factors like uh, what's the bpm what's the key of the song like all these things and if it was different across all of those metrics then it was more novel than a song Mm. that wasn't so how weird would it have been for the song to come out at the time and what you're probably thinking is oh does novelty mean something will be a hit no not really not necessarily and actually uh often novelty corresponds more directly with not with a song not being successful but we'll we'll come back to that and then variety was how does that song compare to that same artist's own catalog because that also can have an impact, as we'll see. So if uh, if you're the type of guy who always writes just four by four, like four four uh, standard three chord rock songs, you know, that's going to get a really low score on the variety mm-hmm. index versus some other artists who, from song to song, album to album, they release totally different genres and, and things like that. But as it turned out, sustained success. So for a song not to be a one hit wonder, it requires both of those things: novelty and variety. For the song itself mm-hmm. on the day that it's released right so in short in sum putting it in one line here to avoid being a one-hit wonder the best way to predict that is the level of novelty and the level of variety in an artist's catalog when that song gets popular right mm. and by the way when a song getting popular is like pretty much an outside bet from the start in fact only seven percent of artists in that study of sixty thousand ever had what he classified as a hit Mm-hmm. And by the way, a hit was just like entering the top 100 or the top 40 or right, you know, right, right. along those, uh, those yeah. lines, right? So already getting a hit is, is uh, pretty difficult. The harder part is sustaining and becoming popular again. And as I said, the, the key determinants of that were exactly that, the novelty and the variety of right. it. So you see some particular artists absolutely smash it in this regard. Mm-hmm. So in, under the, the same metric of this study, Beyonce was like the, uh, the goat you know right so beyonce was right up there with the highest level of novelty of almost any artist right mm-hmm. that when she got popular with her first hit song which i don't have the the date here but it was like say back in the 90 after the early Destiny's child probably days. after yeah. destiny yeah. exactly she had had at that time such variety and such novelty in her catalog that it, the model successfully would predict that she will go on to have many many hits right right same with people like ed sheeran who you know we can all dunk on ed sheeran and how kind of a bit lame or a bit kind of mm-hmm. uh, you know mainstream is but the guy has a serious amount of novel and various songs and if you look at the top songs from 2022 who's there ed sheeran in like four out of the top five songs yeah. this year and he behind the scenes up. on probably a lot more and way more yeah. he was writing for justin bieber he's been writing for for mm-hmm. he, he's mm-hmm. just like an absolute maniac an innovator right absolutely and as a side note i said to you uh which uh, a position i still hold if i could buy stocks in an artist ed sheeran would be like my uh 
My big bet. And hold for the next 10, 15 years. Absolutely. Longer if he follows Elton's path or something, you know, right? Because he's not going to keep doing what he's doing, right? You know, like we all know what he sounds like now and he writes these kind of nice poppy songs, Go Away Girl, or now he has a bit of a dance vibe to it. But you know that he's going to mix it up, you know? He's going to follow the trend nicely. He's going to see where the the art's going and he'll he'll kind of follow that or lead his way there. Uh, And then there's other songs which were one-hit wonders. And as it turns out, it's the same exact methodology inverted, right? So, or it's like the same truth yeah. can be seen in reverse. So when a song comes out and the artist has basically only made songs like that and has, has never varied it even themselves within their own catalog, they uh, almost inevitably fail straight away yeah. because they try again. They try to, they make a second song and a third song, but they basically lack the skill, like the actual musical ability mm-hmm. to understand what it was about the first song that people liked. Right. And then they end up just running in circles, like treading water. Yeah. Just a fascinating study and something to really think about and pressure test a bit when you like think about what are some one hit wonders and then does that artist actually have a varied catalog at all? Generally, you'll find that uh, lightning struck once and it was very unlikely to strike twice. Exactly. And I think a very interesting thing there when I sum it up kind of in, in the layman's terms is the one hit wonder is the right song, the right sound at the right moment in time, right? Everything goes well. But that wonder aspect of one hit is critical, right? Mm. You wonder how it had that exactly. success because yeah. following up, they're they're not able to to sustain that. They're not able to. The artist is not able to create a unique market for themselves, exactly. right? Exactly. A la Ed Sheeran, a la a la Beyonce, whatever, right? Totally. So. It's the song that makes the artist, you will know that one hit wonder song, mm-hmm. not necessarily the catalog of the artist. Whereas if Beyonce releases something, you know, tomorrow, an album mm-hmm. or Adele or Bruce Springsteen or whatever, mm-hmm. it's not about the song. You're going to gravitate towards it because of that artist and yeah. because of how often they've changed and managed to stay relevant. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I think it, what's fascinating as well is like, there seems to be a degree of just pure random look involved in one hit wonders or in like music that gets big i think we all remember gangnam style right from not too long ago one of the first uh globally viral youtube uh, songs exactly what the hell or like where were we as a as a species that this particular song at that particular time was the thing that we all thought was just absolutely incredible. <laughs> we like, were in 2012. It. Yeah, but I was yeah. I was there with everyone else, like streaming it, being like, oh, it's so cool. Like doing the dance. Yeah. Well, trying, doing my best. <laughs> yeah. oh, that that dance is uh, yeah, yeah. It's beyond my abilities. But like I don't think if you release Gangnam Style today, even if it ha- if it hadn't come out back when it did, it's not even that long ago, right? 10 years, 15 years? I don't yeah, know. I think 10 years yeah. uh, now. But if yeah. it comes out now, I just don't see it. Like I I think People go like, huh, yeah, random. You That's know? the right time aspect, yeah. right? And and but you just can't put your finger on it almost. No. It's like uh I can't say why necessarily right then and then, there and then it uh, took off. Right, right. But that brings me on to the next part of our discussion. Because I had a little idea as to where we go with this. Okay, so, okay. You will know, or most listeners will know, that this year was an interesting one from a viral song uh point of view. Mm-hmm. Because not only did we have the usual slew of, of hits from the big names, somebody called uh Bad Baby seems to have gotten very big. You can Huge. see yeah, no, I know so. nothing. I don't think I've listened to a minute of it, but hey, like that's cool. Whatever floats the kids' Bad boats baby. these days. Yeah, yeah. cool. Uh You're but getting increasingly out of touch yeah, there, I'm huh? Aging out of this. Yeah. <laughs> Oof, I need to up my game a bit. I always thought I'd be someone who would stay current, but no, like I'm I, I just go back to Arctic Monkeys every <laughs> every while. But uh anyway, there was one song that captured the imagination of uh of a generation this year. Yeah. 
many of whom had never heard the song at all. And I'm talking, of course, about running up that hill. Now, I know I'm just, I'm just absolutely on a roll here. So hey, just, Laura Bush, sorry. <laughs> Kate, Kate, Kate Bush. Bush. Yeah. We just had this discussion Laura. off the record. Exactly. Uh, Laura Bush being the wife of uh, former president George yeah, W. Exactly. I believe. Not right? to be confused with the uh, musician Kate Bush. Right. Or However. his mother, Barbara. So, or Barb. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. no Laura. There's no Barbara. It is no Kate. Kate Bush. has never served in any U.S. administration that I know of. She's never been assistant or on the staff to any president yet. or vice president yet that I know okay. of. Fair However, uh, running up that hill, right? This eerie, weird, extremely 80s song came back with a bang this year, as we know. And why? Because it featured in a show called Stranger Things. Stranger on Netflix, Things. Which, uh, to my own surprise, actually seems to have a huge cult following among that kind of Gen, Gen Z, whatever the yeah, younger than Gen Z is called. Yeah. Even my own father... Yeah. Watches this Stranger Things. Oh, really? Yeah. Jeez. Because I, I, I've kind of tried it an episode or two and it was like, yeah, cool. Oh, I never really got me. into it. But yeah, yeah exactly. apparently it's uh, it's massive. And it was, I think this was the series finale this yeah, year. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. It was, it, whatever they did with it, I haven't watched it, but they used the song at a very like poignant moment and it was a bit kind of weird and left field. And Stranger Things from its start has had that kind of uh, feel to it. it. It is like retro uh, callback kind of... Uh, TV, right? That, mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. But that's what we had this year. We had actually like a zombie one-hit wonder, which is quite rare, actually. There, there is the other example, which was the, the Wellerman. I don't know if you saw that earlier this year. There was a song that went viral on TikTok, this uh, sea shanty kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was like a very, very old song that had its, its, its history, I'm sure, whenever that was. And then it got resurrected by TikTok. And here we are again with an example of a song that had its day, came and went, and then for whatever reason, at any particular time in the future, it can just get zombified, like resurrected, and become a global mega hit once again. Or even a one-hit wonder, because that was that song came and went too, right? Yeah. Like, uh, running up that hill, it was massive. It was on every social media post I could see. Mm. Everyone was talking about it. But we're not all here now diving into Kate Bush's backlog, mm. back uh, catalog. Yeah. And it's know? a 37-year-old song, 1985, exactly. right? Insane, yeah. insane, yeah. But it, do, it did make me wonder, having just spoken now about the study and its methodology. Can that same thinking be applied to songs that were already popular? Can I more successfully predict what song is going to be huge in 2023 by applying the logic of mm. novelty? Yeah. We, I think we might have something. Yeah. So, so all of that to say, this long <laughs> intro to say, I think we can have a stab at predicting what will be the next zombie hit of uh, 2023. Yeah, and and now then a caveat. This song had to have been a one-hit wonder in the 80s, correct? Exactly, exactly. Uh, and one-hit wonder, I don't want to hear, you know, I was going through some of these one-hit wonder playlists on yeah. Spotify, and to my disappointment, you would find... I mean, Lionel Richie on some of these. And you're yeah, like, no, yeah. that's that's not a one-hit wonder, right? So let's define a one-hit wonder, right? Yeah. As something where that one song has massive success, mm-hmm. super hit yeah. from that artist, but that artist does not then go on to oh, yeah. be known as that artist separated from exactly. that song. Correct? I think we, could, we yeah. can go on to say, actually, that if either of us can name a second song, by that artist then eh, eh, yeah. it's not a so i'm gonna name. call you out right away if you were gonna put uh anything from alphaville i wasn't but okay, okay cool good. yeah you can name two alphavilles i can name two alphavilles yeah yeah absolutely that's impressive actually yeah, yeah. Yeah. so forever young being you know the the, the, the one that people might think is a one-head wonder but then my friend mm. big in japan okay 
You've lost me, obviously. But I, uh, I've lost yeah. it. No, but yeah, big yeah. in Japan, I mean big. Yeah, right? I mean okay. Yeah. So, but you weren't going to mention Alphaville, so that's okay. But yeah. uh, I'm just looking at a list here of like the top uh, '80s one-hit wonders. So let's bring them back. So I'll I'll just like go fairly quickly through these, right? I have one that I, mm, no, okay. I'm going to read them out, and as we go, you tell me: Is this going to be 2023's next uh, revival hit? Here we go. Little group called Dexy's Midnight Runners and Come On Eileen. Come on, Eileen. Now, <laughs> this is interesting, right? Okay. Because that song, for example, for me, has always been there, right? Yeah, it's a perennial. So uh, I would be delighted if it's topping the charts again, yeah. but it wouldn't mean I hear it more that year necessarily than... Can you see the Gen Zs getting onto it, though? Like the, the kids now, these like TikTok generation. Mm, you know? That's a good question. I just don't think it has meme potential. Or it's like, because you know, the, what they do is they apply these songs to them doing something funny, you know? Like the Rick Astley. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Or, or like, you know, they just like play the song in the background while something's happening and they go, huh, that feeling when you uh, blah, blah, blah. And like the song is like part of the joke almost. And I just think that Come On Eileen obviously it does have one particular uh, jokey aspect to it, let's right. say. But uh, I don't think it's going to be like the one that gets people lolling and rolling on the floor laughing, okay. to use the verbiage of the day. No, it might not pass the generational sanity check. Well, you like the song. I, I love the song. And now shout out to uh, one of my, my roommates back in the university days, Bryn from hey. from Sheffield Shout who, who you Brent. met actually Brent from Sheffield yeah. Big fan of yeah. Yeah. Uh, his uh, his favorite song of all time damn yeah, that's so huge totally relevant but great song just to show you the the global course it takes even in Sheffield jeez yeah. even Sheffield <laughs> the steel city <laughs> now I've seen everything yeah <laughs> well I have another one that I actually have a very strong feeling about that this could be the one hit me do you know Rupert Holmes the Pina Colada song if you like pina coladas, getting stuck in the rain. Exactly. Boom, boom, boom. Robert Holmes. not into yoga. Exactly. So exactly. This is the this is the magic of a one-hit wonder that we can read out this guy's name. He's the artist for this song. This is the original. Yeah. Escape, Rupert the Holmes. pina colada song. Rupert Holmes. Yeah. And it's what is it called? It's called the pina colada it's called song. Escape brackets the pina colada song. Why did I think it was Margaritaville? Wasting away your mark. No, that's different. That's different. That's different. probably similar, right? Yeah. But to yeah. me, this song, I know it had a bit of a revival with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, the uh, Marvel, amazing okay. uh, Marvel movie. So it, it featured in that and like everyone knows the song. It also featured in Shrek back in, what, 2001 maybe? I don't know. But uh, great song. And I think it's overdue. And I think 23 could see it feature in some kind of, you know, Euphoria or one of these like shows that everyone's super into. And it's very uh, memeable. Yeah. Right? It's like hilarious. It has this kind of loungy vibe. It's got yeah. a yeah, tropical vibe. I think you're vibes. onto something there. So that one, that one I'm actually feeling. Trying to think what show it could feature. It won't be in succession. Unless it's like he's going to do it, like Kendall's going to do it as karaoke or something. Uh, oh. While he's uh, wasted on drugs or something. That'll be. Oh, wow. Maybe I'm, I shouldn't be uh, leaking potential plot points <laughs> the, for the screeners that you've gotten exclusively Oof. right all right let's just say i have some pull with the hey, lost in postulation that's why we're here that's what we're here to do so those are those are some pretty big ones i may i may have one more okay and then i have one if you don't hit this one okay let's see so don't mm, do lionel richie i no, swear it's not gonna to, be lionel okay but I, i'm happy enough that we've had like someone who literally both of us are like who you know yeah. Ru rupert holmes did you say i did that's, uh, That's what a, a name, name too. Just 
Okay, I got one more. Okay. Now, I'm, this is just me scrolling the list looking for one that, that sticks out, right? And you may not... You may have a hot take on... Ooh, I'm banning that phrase, actually. We, you may have postulation on <laughs> we, 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 Just so you guys us. know, we had listeners complain oh, to yeah. us that yeah, yeah. we use the term hot takes too often. So shout out to that listener. And it's fair uh, feedback. Well. I, we do, in fairness, use it too much. Uh, the one that, looks, that jumps out to me here. You know the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy? Don't worry, be happy. That one. Yeah. Bobby McFerrin. Now, you may have heard that name, Bobby McFerrin, because he's a, he's a bit of a legend of the, of the music uh, game. And what he's actually quite well known for is a TED talk or like a, a, a trick that he does with audiences where he show, he's basically his point is that everyone can sing. Everyone can, uh, okay. everyone's musical. Music is built into us. And by mm. the way, this is not funny or, or like, a, 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 this is purely just an interesting side note. So please bear with me while I, while I tell you this. And That's then what I, we're I, here swear, for. I swear we'll get back to, uh, to the yeah. song. But uh, basically he stands on a stage and jumps and goes, bah, like this, just, and then he, he's basically getting the audience to say, bah, when he jumps, right? Okay. And then he jumps to the side and goes, bah, and then he, so he goes, jumps over and back where he's going, bah, 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 bah. So the audience are then singing along and like uh, getting the feel for it. Then he jumps one more time and doesn't tell the audience what note to sing. And they all get it, like straight away. So he goes, bah, bah. And then the audience goes, bah. Like uh, wow, okay. just purely from the built-in like cultural awareness that audiences have of what a, the right note is in a, in a scale. You know? Wow, so we're all a bit musical. Exactly, that's his point. So Bobby McFerrin, uh, if you want to get into it, he does that little performance on, uh, on YouTube. He's done it many, many times at TED Talks and all sorts of stuff. But anyway, he is the, the writer of the Don't Worry, Be Happy, alleged one-hit wonder. That so was he huge. was a one-hit wonder, now he's doing TED Talks, teaching yeah. people how to sing. So that's classic one-hit wonder stuff. Exactly. I mean, okay. he hasn't gone on to become, you know, Michael Jackson or, or, or what have you. No, so nobody really that way. Yeah. Now, massive apologies if there are any massive uh, Bobby McFerrin fans listening who are just outraged and probably at this stage turning off the podcast. Tweet but, at Neil. Tweet directly at me and keep in mind I don't have a Twitter, so that will be hard. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I think uh, Don't Worry, Be Happy could also come back, though, because it's that kind of twee innocence that we don't really get so much of these days in an age where, and no disrespect to Billie Eilish, because I love her work, but her work, as an example, is dark, gothic, creepy, kind of uh, spooky, mm. you know, like... We don't uh, have enough happy-go-lucky, do we? Yeah, I mean, yeah. To, like, what kind of massive happy-go-lucky songs do we have? I think it's kind of fallen out of fashion a little bit. What we like is a bit more edge, a bit more kind of... Uh, yeah. Well, we talked, we had the Kendrick conversation in the last episode, yeah, exactly. right? That's exactly. definitely don't worry, be happy vibes, and right? Exactly. Uh -huh. Now, the only thing I will say, though, is that I'm also a little bit impatient with, with this kind of twee, happy-go-lucky stuff. Because mm. there's, there's artists like, say, Chance the Rapper, who I loved until I started listening to more of his stuff. And I was like, does this guy ever, like, have a bad day? Like, you know, it's just so okay. much positivity okay. all the time. Yeah. Everything's amazing. Love, love, love. You know, so it has to be well-judged. It has to have the, like, this... This little, little element of, uh, yeah, I don't know, sadness behind it. But I think that song too, 2023, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Okay. There's something there about how difficult it is to make just pure good vibes, uh, happy music. Very hard. Right? Because it has to be authentic. Yeah. And you, you can't just, like, it, it's just there's very few people out there who's, when they go to express themselves, the first thing that comes is, I'm so happy all the time, you know? Number one, it's love songs. It's like, yeah. I'm in love with this person. They don't love me back. And then two, it's I'm so sad. This person left yeah. me. They don't love me anymore. That's where we have thousands and thousands and thousands of songs. What we don't have is just everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Which is what Don't Worry Be Happy is all about. 
uh, I think give Jason a call. Jason Sudeikis, yeah. Uh, yeah. fan of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I think this could fit well in uh, Ted Lasso season three next yeah. year. That's where you Opening could see Opening scene it. or something. Yeah. yeah. Montage. Let's give Jason that shout and then we could uh, could be Let's a self-fulfilling first, prophecy. Exactly. We give him first, uh, first refusal. And yeah. then if he doesn't want it, I can put it on not succession, not House of the Dragon. I think we're going to struggle to find another vehicle for it, unfortunately. Mm. I don't know. I'm we, thinking. We may have to uh, get creative there. Yeah, we may have to. But I think uh, there's definitely something there about like it being difficult to make a song like that without it being, you know, the yeah. wheels on the bus go round and round well, or exactly. whatever. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Which, by the way, one of the most popular YouTube songs of all time. One Hit uh, Wonder also? Uh, you could say that. Huh? You know the song Baby Shark? Do, do, oh do, do, do. yes that that has by far the most views of any uh, youtube video at the moment in the world the and kids love that the it's, actual it's, kids it's right? crack yeah. for kids this mm. song i don't know what it is about that song in particular but when you put a baby in front of baby shark okay they it's 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 the most important thing they've ever seen in their life and they have to see it on repeat forever until they go asleep like it's, it's something special i might try sick. it with with my niece next weekend at the hey, christmas dinner please do but then you, with great with great power comes great responsibility because the, her parents are going to come back to you being like why did you show baby oh yeah but shark? she's my niece right that's where you get to be the cool uncle yeah, and kind of yeah. push the envelope hey, yeah. you, want, you want some baby shark you want to uh, <laughs> exactly want to try this baby like shark? the candy yeah, yeah. absolutely nice. good stuff no so that's great uh, I have one for you, yep. which I think is uh, is particularly relevant at this moment in I'm time. I have a question for you, Neil. Go for it. Hast du etwas Zeit für mich? Dann singe ich ein Lied für dich von 99 yes. Luftballons auf ihrem Weg zum Horizont. Original. Do, 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 do. So, listeners, uh, excuse me, we'll try to fix that in post-production. But I think, uh, it, I think it was it was perfect. Yeah, it was 99 Luftballons. Yes. Now, th- speaking of happy-go-lucky songs. By Nina. Is there, do you know if, because I, I haven't dug into the lyrics, is there some other, like, what's that song about, other than 99 Red Balloons? Well, thanks for asking. Do you actually. know? Uh, yes, actually, hey, I was uh, I was looking into it a bit and brushing yeah. upon yeah. my uh, on my German uh, skills oh, or lack thereof. It. Yeah. And uh, so the song is actually essentially it was they were at a at a festival and one of her uh, Nina uh, she was in a band and one of her her bass guitarists or something uh, he saw all of a sudden all these uh, these air um, these balloons mm-hmm. going up uh, mm-hmm. into the air uh, and they were uh, you know in 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 west berlin doing a concert and his uh, thought was cold war times right we're talking yeah. early 80s was yeah. what if uh, those uh, those balloons uh, would would go over into uh, east germany uh, and be uh, be misinterpreted and the whole song is about uh, essentially how these uh, just 99 balloons uh, and they get misinterpreted and it essentially starts a war really? and yes, it I talks about war her. ministers it talks about all of that so uh Given, you know, on a much more sour note, but yeah. given the times we are living in uh, at the moment, this I think it's, it's, it's quite Ooh. like uh, pungent for yeah. this song to potentially yeah. have a comeback, maybe even as a peacemaker. Yeah. Bring Nana back. It's like Winds of Change. It's like uh, the new Winds of Change is uh, 99 Red Balloons. Yeah. And what's her name? Nina something? Nana, Nina. Yeah. yeah. And... As one-hit wonder uh, yeah. as it oh, gets. Yeah. I mean, our German listeners might come for us, but she's a one-hit wonder. Certified one-hit. Sorry, German yeah. listeners. All of all millions of you. This and, is, yeah. you know. And one of the few 
the only one that I can recall, German language song, yeah. which has cross-cultural divides, gone global, yeah. that isn't an apreski uh, song, no, right? The only, uh, now that you say it, the only other artist I could even think of is Rammstein. Rammstein. Right. Who obviously occupy a different niche to uh, yeah, I'd say Nina so. here. Yeah. But like, yeah, you're right. Ger- like, it's very hard for a German song to just capture the... Uh, yeah, the zeitgeist of the English-speaking markets. Yeah, and say. go over the language barrier. Yeah. It was a big song yeah. also in Japan. A chart topper in the 80s in Japan. It's so crazy how like certain things just slot into a different country's culture and they're like, we absolutely love this. You it know? just clicks. It's the sound. Yeah. And and for me, that is, that is the classic kind of definition of one-hit wonder where you define it as, wow, that's so 80s. Yeah, that sound is so 80. So oh, you, yeah. you put it in its time, yeah. right? Yeah. So forget the fact that you don't know anything else from Nana's catalog, mm-hmm. but like that sound is so 80s. Right sound at the right time, uh-huh. like we said, uh-huh. and then not much else coming from it. See, what you've done there, which I didn't, is you actually found a current event that is, is part of it, like is, that like brings the, is the reason for it coming back, which is pretty uh, spot right. on, I must say. Yeah, I can see it. So Nana, give peace you know. a chance. Ninety nine yeah. rebellions. I mean, we we gotta try it. We at this point we're running out of other options. So Nina for president. I mean, Nina for president of the world at this stage. I mean, I mean. I, if that's not too much to ask, I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. She's good. She knows yeah, how to write she's one really good song. legendary song. And there's actually been I didn't know this. I'd always heard the German version, yeah. but there has been an English version. Yeah, called Ninety Nine Red Balloons. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But I was wondering because. Is the translation direct? Because I've heard that song, definitely. No. But I never... Yeah, okay. So I never actually linked it to anything other than it's a song about red balloons. Yeah. Those it's, balloons it's are red. It's poetically and melodically translated, yeah. but not literally uh, translated, Jeez. let's say. So you wouldn't get the same gist. So Nina, oh. in her role as you know UN ambassador or yeah. whatever in 2023... Yeah. She's gonna have to stick to the to the German, German lyrics, okay. and we're okay. gonna have to give out subtitles or do like a 2023 new translation, wow. which kind of makes subtle references to other, let's say, a whole new royalty concerts. stream. Yeah, I'm up for that. Well, forget but, Live Aid, forget all of this. All we need yeah. is Nana. I think what we learned actually from COVID is that uh, people's appetite for musicians leading charitable causes is somewhat less now. I don't know if you saw the. Mm. Uh, Oh, the Gal Gadot, I know where uh, you're going. Uh, like in piece. the first 10 days of the... That Talk was... About. It was painful to watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, also as a musician, slightly painful because all she had to do was tell them what key to sing it in, you know? Like, because each, each celebrity that sang just picked a key and, you know, sent yeah. it to her, you know? Yeah. And it was totally different. There's actually a great video of a, a jazz pianist changing the keys yeah. per each person because the because oh, everyone God. went completely yeah. different but had she just said guys do it in the original key the one that's on spotify you yeah. know there you go you it tackle went, that from a musical perspective there oh. was also the aspect of how out of touch oh yeah totally I mean, that to- whole putting, idea yeah. was yeah, right yeah, yeah. yeah. but I, I wondered that's actually a big what if is had it been musically a little bit better <laughs> would people have been like well yeah it's a bit stupid but would have given know. it a break yeah because it, it people just what's the word like absolutely eviscerated that when it came out so that's how i learned about it was just all the 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 hate going on about it the anger and are you not a bit worried that 99 red balloons will will have the same fate no and you know why why because it foresaw it was prophetic which imagine it's not new yeah it's not new it's not gal gado and her band of merry uh celebs singing it that's a very good point 
I think it could work. I think we mm -hmm. might actually solve, uh, among, among many other things that this podcast achieves, we may end up solving the, the Ukraine crisis. Thanks to Nina and nobody else. Big shout out to Nina. Yeah, yeah this looks good. So we've covered a lot here. We've covered the magic of one-hit wonders, the, the almost randomness of it, but how it seems to always have some kind of link to, not to use that word too many times, the zeitgeist of the time the mm -hmm. the ongoing another climate. german word actually exactly yeah. hey, there we go we're back maybe we should just be a german uh, podcast i mean uh, learning curve but why not i'd be up for doing a germany episode actually where we just we, we prepare some germany uh postulations and some, uh, some greatest <laughs> postulations of oh, the german center yeah. that'd be huge but uh massive <laughs> thank you to nina and also to our other artists who contributed their one at wonders for this yes. uh, for yes. this work i think what will remain to be seen is like let's check back in presumably when we're uh, still podcasting at the end of 23 we will uh, we will know what was big and we can check back in and see how correct we were exactly exactly and listeners hold us to account yeah please uh, feedback is a gift you know uh don't don't let us off easy if we get it wrong you gotta you gotta let us know that's the only tweet, way we tweet, tweet tweet away we don't have a twitter but tweet away yeah. <laughs>
or they, they make the mustard of all places yeah. uh, and uh, and you know the rock particularly uh starts to be a bit embarrassed you mm-hmm. know and he, the next morning at breakfast he's he's letting will have it you know vin is is mediating i'm like panicking because i'm like somebody's gonna leave the trip but so you know what uh, sometimes these are the crucial conversations that save a trip actually absolutely absolutely yeah. and yeah. and so i was proud of the guys we decided to keep going right because okay. it was touch and go right like yeah, touch even, and go yeah. but uh, okay. i managed to get them all onto the tgv uh, okay. after breakfast nice. that morning uh and we and we we kept going southward uh, we got nice. into Monaco, uh, and uh, and there, uh, you know, everyone was happy. I mean, the guys, uh, especially The Rock and uh, and Will Ferrell, big gamblers. Oh yeah, big gamblers. So they were they were happy to be in Monaco. We went straight to the casino. Um, nice. I'm not a big gambler myself. Vin Diesel actually very very sober when it comes to imagine. these situations. I think he's good with uh, money as well. Uh, I think he's yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's hanging out. I'm hanging out with him, and and the other two are just just going at it at the blackjack table uh one drink after another uh you know and uh and at one point you know the rock he's like okay you know what before before it gets too much you know i'm stepping out you know they're not playing with your classic interrail student money no exactly right this is one uh, of those exactly and will ferrell then all of a sudden goes uh, goes to the roulette table uh and he's basically uh, we, we find out, uh, so the rest of us go back to the hotel, uh, and, uh, and we get a call, uh, at three in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, to, uh, to Uh-oh. go bail the guy out. Les Will Ferrell. Les Will Ferrell. De Monaco. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. He's, he's in a jail Uh-oh. in the, in the principate, uh, principality of, of Monaco. Uh, he was basically, uh, betting on margin the whole evening. Oh, being Will Ferrell, they allowed him to do it, right? And yeah, uh, but he pr- didn't Prince have Al- it. friend of Prince Albert, whatever. He didn't have anything. Oh, jeez. So not only do we have to bail him out, mm. uh, we uh, we have to put up some money, which Vin Diesel, you know, very very kind of him, does back to uh, back to the casino. Okay. Uh, and uh, but then we're there and we're we're outside of the jail, and. And the Rock, he's not having it anymore. No, after having just spoken yeah. to him about it, like, and we've only been traveling like this stage five days or so. He's not having it anymore. He's letting him have it again. Oh. Will Ferrell's not putting up with it, and then uh, he just lets out a little laugh. The Rock, <laughs> you know, he looks at me and he's like, "Fuck this, I'm out of here." No, and that was the end, the official end. He's like, "Kevin's picking me up no. in two hours at the airport." Being Kevin Hart, his good friend. And I'm going to travel with him. How did and, we get it so wrong? And we plead, you know, me and and, and Vin again as the peacemaker can't mm-hmm. do it. No. Um, and then what ends up happening is uh, it's just me and Vin Diesel. We're like, should we just keep going? Because we're like, we're also done with Will at that point. Now we don't need him. Like yeah. the guy is a lost cause. Uh, and we're like, should, should we keep going? And then me and Vin Diesel, we have a wonderful mm. two weeks uh, going through the Alps, a bit yeah, of yeah, North yeah. Italy, over into uh, into uh, into Hungary, Slovenia. Uh, we ha- we have a great picnic at uh, at Lake Vlad, yeah. but uh, unfortunately, uh, it's uh, the trip is a failure because it I is. didn't manage to to bring everyone to the. I end. have to hold you to that. Unfortunately, I'm just shocked though, and it's a, it's a real tragedy because yeah. I really thought at the outset we had a nice group here, good dynamics. I think we'll let the side down massively, big time. Uh, uh, especially and like i have to say having spoken to him that morning you have to be like God, come on dude this is this is outrageous yeah. i mean short of handcuffing him ourselves the guy no, no. is a loose he's cannon. a loose cannon we've learned that now yeah 
And I mean, I, I think The Rock did exactly the right thing talking to him. But I mean, what a lot of good it did. It, it still ended up in the same situation, you know? And then he ditched us. He ditched you. To go with Kevin Hart, just jet setting. I Which, mean, okay. I mean, understandable. Yeah. But uh, I would have thought you you have something to offer too, you yeah. know? I thought yeah. you would have enjoyed your uh, your dry wit. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, what, you were right about one thing. Vin mm. Diesel, the MVP yeah. of the trip. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you see it, right? Like you do, you do see it. Yeah, yeah. Like he's gonna he's gonna power through. He like he sees things through to the end. He's like, no, I agreed to do it. Let's do it. You know, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna enjoy Italy with you. I yeah. think uh, I'm a bit disappointed in Will, and in general, just disappointed that this particular group who I had high hopes for hasn't really uh, yeah. hasn't really come through in the clutch. All I can say is uh, never gamble on margin. We've seen uh, in The Sopranos exactly what can happen yeah. in that scenario. Yeah, exactly. And it's not nice. You go exactly. from friend, friend to foe very quickly with uh, Tony Soprano. Yeah, you don't want to mess with the wrong people. Fortunately, we were in Monaco and not in, you know, North yeah. Jersey. Indeed, uh, indeed. Yeah. yeah, there's no interrail in uh, North Jersey as far no, as I know. exactly. Just an Amtrak, which is quite yeah. slow, actually. But exactly. Yeah. I can't see many students uh, <laughs> opting for that one. No. But geez, um, it was a shocker, honestly. Yeah. But uh, that's, sorry for that. that's how these things go. Yeah. You know? uh, sometimes we tried our best. Yeah. Or some of us did. Well, what it's really done now is thrown the future of Celebrity Interrail Trip into into doubt because, uh, God, I really thought if, if that group can't succeed, then, I mean, who can, you know? Will be a challenge. Well, maybe it's a question for another day, but uh, that was the untimely end of Celebrity Interrail Trip yeah. 2022. <laughs> yeah. And uh, God knows if we'll be able to uh, pull together another uh, version, but uh, for now, it's... Uh, Tusentag and uh, merci beaucoup and all the other European languages thrown in. All of them, yeah, yeah. So we're back, and um, due to the untimely death of uh, of celebrity interrail, uh, you're not going to be participating in that now. Seems fair. Um, Seems fair. Instead, what you will be doing is going on what is one of the longest flights in the world from Singapore Changi Airport oh, yeah. to New York City. Which is a JFK or are we talking Newark? I think it's Newark yeah. and Ooh, it's okay. uh, 17 hours and 50 minutes a bit long. of time, right? A bit long. And uh, you will be uh, be sitting, it's it's an old configuration of a plane. No. So it's, it's three and three uh, and you have the middle seat between uh, two historic rivals of your choosing uh, and essentially uh, to uh, to get your paycheck uh, and to avoid your own prison time you need to bring about peace between these two people why did prison (laughs) it escalated it's the it's the the singaporeans you know they tipped off the guys in new york Ah. and and your new york is north jersey so yeah yeah i just i thought i might be making some money out of this but now i'm going to jail (laughs) tables have turned okay so um we'll set it up where where you choose and then uh and then we'll see uh, how it evolves right absolutely i'll bring a report for the next uh next episode so you get to choose the first pair are stephen king and james patterson oh bringing back Stephen. now they hate each other it's true yeah especially Stephen towards james patterson we have quotes to to back this up yeah yeah, absolutely we do so king calls james patterson a very successful but not very good writer oh uh because stephen king is is adamant about the fact that he writes all his own stuff whereas patterson is essentially a brand where he does an outline and he has co-writers and he's very open about it yeah uh patterson takes king's uh criticism quite lightly okay uh but stephen king is quite uh quite hard on him there's something uh, cringe about those like one-sided rivalries sorry like the other is like I, okay there's can, some complex can, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah now the only thing is 
I can't take this one, I think, because I don't know enough about Patterson to really uh, okay, that's to drive enough. at home. Right? That's fair enough. As much as I would love to sit next to Stephen, I think, uh, let's yeah. see what else we got and yeah. I'll, I'll come back. Yeah. The other one is uh, uh, <laughs> Kanye West. Oh. Not against the world. We could have done that, but that it's Kanye good. West against Taylor Swift. Oh, Jeez, I don't envy anybody on that fight. That's a beef that's gone on for now, you know, yeah, 13 it's years or something. Yeah, it's gone a few really weird twists and turns yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. I like, I'm going to wait for it to see what the other option is, but I feel terrible about that one. But yeah. okay, let's uh, let's see. Another one is Elton John, Sir Elton, oh, and Madonna. Yeah. No way, they have a beef. long-standing beef, apparently. Huh. Yeah. I feel like that's one you could probably solve on that flight. Like, because, Maybe. you know, they're, they're so great, they're well popular, that none of them have like at least as far as I know, they haven't like directly, you know, called each other. Have they? I don't know. Like uh, there's, there's some Elton quotes, which we can, you know, delve into if you choose to resolve that conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Does not care for Madonna. Jeez. And vice versa. That's a shocker because he seems like a quite, you know, friendly dude. Yeah. Easy to work with. Big parties invites everyone, but yeah. Okay. But Madonna. Yeah. So that's, are these my, these are my choices? No, no. So you have two more uh, just in case. So Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. No, I thought they were friends. No. Well, they were. Then they started calling each other out, and it escalated to the point where apparently Cardi B threw a shoe at oh. Nicki Minaj, and, and they haven't know. patched that up. No, so that's there's, what it's there's a lot to delve into there. Apparently, huh. I have to. I, I'm going to be careful, you know, not to be too disparaging, but I just would like to say that I don't think I'm the right person for this job. Okay. I don't. I don't think I will deliver the results that are expected. Okay. In this particular setup, and that's fair. You need to know your limits because remember yeah. the downside of this is you end up in a Jersey prison. Exactly. I just can't potentially see extradited them, to Singapore, which is even worse. Yeah. yeah. So I just can't see those two ladies turning around and saying, "Neil, you did a great job patching up our our, our rift here." So. I'm actually getting a little concerned because we've been through four groups and I don't feel confident about any, but uh, yeah. okay, let's so see. So your conflict resolution skills, which you've been honing over the years, you might come think. in handy with this fifth duo. Okay. Will Smith and Chris Rock. Yeah, I think I, I, I see this, right? Because they're both, at the end of the day, I think reasonable guys, right? I know Will is right on the edge of reasonable, let's say. But I think... By the end of the 17 hours, we'll be cracking jokes, laughing away. I, that one, I, I think I can manage. However, of course, I'll need to take this away and really, you know, yeah. pressure test it. And, and need and, to ruminate a bit and yeah, uh, postulate. Yeah. Even. Yeah. Postulate, exactly. Yeah. And then we can pick up on it uh, exactly. on, on the next episode. I'm going to go so far as to say, lock it in. Lock Let's it in. It. So Singapore's in New York City. Yep. Will Smith on one side, Chris Rock on the other. They still haven't patched things up. Yeah. Let's assume. And yeah. I also they're probably, not ready to talk. Apparently, Chris isn't ready to talk to him. Yet. Oh, really? Is that yeah. and that's the case? Still, okay. Yeah, apparently, I'll need to deep dive a little bit into like the full backstory here. But uh, I'll also need to postulate as to why we're in Singapore on our way to New York. Maybe it's yes. a small detail. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll I'll come with a full story ready. That's fantastic. So, well then, thanks for uh, for this uh, wonderful episode three, our first one recording live with our new name. Uh, Absolutely, lost in postulation. We certainly, we're lost in postulation yeah. this time. But uh, thank you, Nicola, for uh, for taking part in another banger episode. If Pleasure. Listeners, let us know what you think. And uh, yeah. we'll be back with, uh, with some fresh postulations uh, soon. Very soon. Thank you. Thank you.